coming up on Locked On Dodgers. It was a series that the Giants really needed to win. It was a meaningless series for the Dodgers, and the Dodgers took three out of four. Uh, it was a great series for the Dodgers, winning three of the games, including a walk-off on Sunday. We didn't get to talk about the first game, even though it happened before our last episode, because of our fun crossover with the Sesame Barbecue guys. Uh, so lots to talk about with this series. We'll talk about Clayton Kershaw's future, what may have been his final regular season home start for the Dodgers, talk about the Dodgers' much improved defense, and we will catch up on all the playoff races and what those are looking like. That's what's on tap, so let's get locked on Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go and subscribe wherever you're watching and listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My co-host is Vince Semperio. We're doing a split episode today, so it is me for the first half, Vince for the second half. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you a smart fan's perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper picks and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And uh, one thing that wasn't a sleeper was the Dodgers this weekend. They won three out of four. Uh, they took the, the opening game of the series, which happened before our most recent episode. But uh, as you know, we had that crossover with Jake and Jordan from the Baseball Barbacast, Sesame's Family Barbecue, whatever you want to call them. Uh, that was a fun episode on Friday. If you missed that, we talked about a lot of things kind of from, you know, we're all diehard Dodger fans and they aren't. They're just baseball fans and baseball experts. And so it was fun to talk Dodgers with them and see, you know, how things look to an outsider and, uh, you know, what they're wrong about in a lot of ways. Uh, but they're right about some stuff too. Good guys. So check that one out if you haven't yet, but, uh, this one it's me and later Vince and, uh, like a four game series where so much happens. If you're a regular listener to this show or viewer, we don't try to do full recaps of any series or any game even. Like we're here to talk about the Dodgers. Not we. Our assumption going in is that you either watched the game or listened to the game or at least know what happened in the game. And we want to give you some insights that uh, necessary. You know, not necessarily what you would have gotten on the broadcast. Well, sometimes we do end up talking about what they talk on the broadcast, um, but mostly just kind of want to give you our insights. And so we're not going to try to recap these four games, other than to say the Dodgers won three out of four. The one game they lost looked kind of ugly. They they didn't put up much offense. They did put up a little bit of fight in the eighth inning when it was three to three to nothing. They scored a run. They, they made the giants bring Camilo Duvall uh, in the eighth inning and which maybe worked in their favor on Sunday because Duvall didn't look quite as sharp, although he didn't get to throw very many pitches because the Dodgers walked off pretty quick. So um, yeah, the, they, the Dodgers had two convincing wins and they had a walk-off win and they had a loss fun weekend. Uh, one of those games was Clayton Kershaw. That was on Saturday. Kershaw pitched five scoreless innings, and then Joe Kelly pitched the sixth, and 
Michael Grove making his return from the injured list, pitched the seventh and eighth, and then Caleb Ferguson finished it off. Dodgers had a two-hit shutout uh, in that game. Kershaw got his 210th career win. And as I mentioned in the opening, it might have been Clayton Kershaw's final home start at Dodger Stadium uh, in, in the regular season. He will pitch in the postseason, uh, presumably, uh, uh, barring injury. He will be one of those first two games in the division series which will be played at Dodger Stadium. The Dodgers did clinch that over the weekend. Uh, they are officially they're, – they're not going to be the three seed. They, they've they clinched at least the two seed, most likely the two seed. There's still a chance they could catch up to the Braves and get the one seed, but probably the two seed, which means for sure they will play the first two games of the division series at Dodger Stadium. Clayton Kershaw and Bobby Miller will pitch those two games. We don't know which order yet, but uh, – if it was Kershaw's last home start, you know, it, it's always an emotional thing, especially I, I'm a huge Clayton Kershaw fan. If you're a regular here and every day or, you know, Clayton Kershaw is my favorite player of all time. Uh, I love everything about the guy and I'm going to be sad when he's done, uh, but he's had such a good career. And I, I found myself not being as emotional as I thought I might be watching this game, uh, even though I do think I, I am more convinced that it's a real possibility that he's going to retire than I have been any of the the past few years when we've been saying, oh, this could be his last start, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm less emotional this time. Maybe it's because I've been prepared for it. But also, I just want him to be happy. I want him to go out on his terms. And the one thing I'm thinking about is the fact that as of right now, he has 2,939 career strikeouts. He did get his 310th win, or 210th win. I wish it was 310. 210th win to pass Don Drysdale for second place on the Dodgers list. He's still 23 away from from uh don sutton and so that's not going to happen I and mean, kershaw would have to pitch two more years at least to get to 233 um i think it's 233 so that's not likely to happen um so there's not really that much there in the wins category milestones for him to hit but the 3,000 strikeout mark is in his grasp he's got he's 61 strikeouts away right now he has one start left this season uh against the rock or against the giants in san francisco on saturday uh, and so if you figure he finishes the season 55-ish away from 3,000, that could be a big motivator for him to come back. Because I mean, he's got 132 strikeouts this year in, you know, when he's only pitched, he's only made 23 starts. He could get those last 55 strikeouts in figure 10, 10 between 10 and 15 starts. Should be a no-brainer to get that. So I wondered, uh, first of all, I don't have any idea if, if that milestone is as important to Kershaw as it is to me and other people who love Clayton Kershaw, um, 3000 number, it's just a, it's just a round number. Um, it's not actually meaningful. It's not going to affect his hall of fame case at all. He's going to be a first ballot hall of famer. He could retire today. He'd be a first ballot hall of famer. That's been true for years. Uh, basically since he hit 10 years of service time. So he was technically eligible for the hall of fame. He has been a, a sure thing hall of famer. But it would be kind of a cool thing uh, to get that 3,000 strikeouts. So if that is important to him, that you know his career RA is 248 right now, and that you know it's 242 this year. He has dropped that ERA a little bit, and uh, that's where you think he's not going to want to come back and and be bad like Adam Wainwright this year has just been bad, and he got to that round number of 200 wins, but at what cost? Kershaw's not going to want to do that. But I do wonder if he might take one of two routes, either come back for next year with an unspoken understanding 
with the Dodgers. Hey, I'm going to get to 3,000 strikeouts, then I'm going to retire. Uh, I, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, I don't think Kershaw wants a retirement tour. Like he doesn't even want to talk about it right now about the possibility. He doesn't want it to be a distraction. I, he doesn't strike me as a retirement tour kind of guy. And so something that only he and the Dodgers know, hey, I'm just going to pitch until I get to 3,000 and then I'm going to call it a day and, and go home to Texas with my family. I can see that happening. I can also see him maybe doing the Roger Clemens route from, from 15, 20 years ago, whenever it was, when Clemens would sit out the first half of the season and just pitch the second half um, to so he could be fresh for, for October. That sort of thing. You know, Kershaw, we know he's he's unlikely to ever make 30 starts in a season again. Uh, this last year, he's uh, he's going to make 24 this year, which will be two more than he made last year or the year before. Uh, he hasn't made 30 starts in a season since 2015. And so that's not going to happen. So if he's only got 15 starts in him and he only needs 15 starts, maybe he sits out, uh, spends time with his family, and uh, you know starts the uh, the school year will still be going on when the season starts. Maybe he spends the the rest of the school year at home in Texas with his family. It starts working out in in May and uh, and then starts pitching with the Dodgers in early July and pitches the second half of the season and into the postseason if necessary. Um, I could see that approach. It, it the 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 reason I don't think that's as likely is just because then it would kind of be clear that he was just doing it to get 3000. And so it would be kind of a retirement tour kind of thing. Uh, and I, I don't think he'd want that distraction or to be that distraction. So maybe just pitching the partial season. And then there's also the possibility that he just Dodgers win the world series and he rides off into the sunset and finishes his career 50 something strikeout shy of 3000 and being just fine with that. And if he's happy, I'm happy. I do selfishly want him to get to 3000. We'll see what happens. Um, but those are some of my thoughts on Clayton Kershaw. And uh, he wasn't interested in talking about whether it was his last start. He says he hasn't thought about it. We don't know how true that is, but we'll take him at his word and he can think about it in the offseason. So uh, I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about the Dodgers defense and how much improved it's been the second half of the season. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. If you ever need something, like you, you've you been using DoorDash probably, you've probably used it to get your Taco Bell or your uh, Del Taco if you have better taste or uh, real tacos if you have even better taste. Um, but have you ever used it for groceries? Did you know you can use it for groceries? It's it's a game changer. Sometimes you just need, you, you wake up on a Saturday morning, you're like, I want waffles. Crap, I don't have any syrup. DoorDash can bring you some syrup. It's it's crazy. Uh, and I've I've found myself using that uh, pretty pretty regularly when it's just, oh, we forgot one thing at the store. I don't want to put on shoes and go to the store. I'll just DoorDash it real quick. Or uh, this has happened several times late at night. Kids not feeling well. Crap, we're out of Pepto-Bismol. Guess what? Grocery store, DoorDash will bring it to me. Anything you can think of where you might need to run to the grocery store, DoorDash can do it for you. You'll get exactly what you ordered or they will make it right. So you can sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. And if you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with the Dash Pass Pass membership. I have that. It saves a ton of money. No delivery fees ever. 
Um, and easy substitutions right in the app and best in class customer support. DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. And you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONMLB. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONMLB for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Hey, I am back. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first lesson every weekday morning. Especially want to thank our everydayers, those of you who are with us every weekday. Uh, we really appreciate you. If you're not an everydayer, it's an easy club to join. Just watch or listen every weekday morning. You can also catch every Dodger game, the Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app simply by searching for Dodgers. And you can catch this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And want to remind you, if you're watching this on YouTube, you, we'd love to hear from you in the YouTube comment section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through any of the contact info that Vince will give you at the end of the episode. So uh, the Dodgers this weekend, one of the things, the big glaring differences between the Dodgers and the Giants uh, was the defense. The, the Giants defense, you know, they, they lead the majors in errors this year. Errors can be misleading um, because... Like we saw um, the the play by Wilmer Flores on Sunday, uh, playing third base. Mookie Betts hit a ball down the line. Wilmer Flores made a diving stab, made the made the play, got up, threw the ball, and uh, one hopped Lamont Wade at first base. Wade couldn't make the scoop. Uh, Mookie Betts ends up on second base with a single and an error on Flores. Well. If Flores doesn't make the diving catch, it's a double for Mookie. And so he's on second base anyway. So that's a, that's an error that doesn't actually, like once he's made the catch, yeah, a better throw or a better scoop by Lamont Wade. And, and it's not an error and it's an out. But the error itself was only possible because Flores made the diving stop, uh, if, if that makes sense. And so, and there's a lot of errors like that. There are plays where, uh, you can't get an error on a ball you don't get to. And so guys with less range, Nick Castellanos for the Phillies hasn't made an error all year in right field. He's not a good defensive outfielder. He does make some flashy diving plays, but overall he's got terrible range uh, and he, he's not a good outfielder all in all, but there's no errors. So errors don't tell the whole story, but the Giants are also bad defensively in addition to leading the league in errors. And we saw that a few times. There was a passed ball on a strike three, which was interesting because Patrick Bailey, their catcher, is actually – very good defensively, but uh, uh, just whiffed on that one that allowed Jason Hayward to get on base and and extended a rally. Uh, there was there were errors, there were misplays, there was I mean any team with Jock Peterson in the outfield, there's going to be some adventures there. And uh, all in all, just a sloppy game, a sloppy series defensively for the Giants. And on the flip side, the Dodgers, I mean they had one notable thing uh, in the, that almost bit them in the tenth inning. On Sunday, Kike Hernandez just couldn't find an easy pop out. It ended up dropping. The Giants got bases loaded, and uh, and so that's you know it's not bad defense. It's it's bad luck, I guess, that he just lost track of that fly ball. Um, it the, the other one, I guess, I Mike Kostremski forgetting how many outs there were on a sack fly that allowed Will Smith to score. Like that's the kind of sloppiness I'm talking about. 
Kike not being able to find a fly ball isn't quite that same area of their degree of sloppiness, but it, it could have hurt them. Instead, they followed it up with a great defensive play. You know, come back up the middle that Shelby Miller probably should have just let it go, uh, but it hits off his glove, deflects up. Chris Taylor has to wait for it and then steps on second and throws to first base. Freddie Freeman makes a great scoop, ends the inning with the double play, keeps the Giants from scoring, and the Dodgers win a couple batters later when Taylor himself hits a game-winning single. Plays like that, uh, Mookie Betts earlier in the game had two back-to-back stellar defensive plays, one going to his right, one going to his left. Uh, both of them, you know, and, and one of the amazing things is Mookie Betts, gold glove right fielder, doing this at second base. We know he can play second base. Chris Taylor made this double play at shortstop. He had been in left field the whole game until they pinch hit for Miguel Rojas. They shuffled the defense. So many guys who can play so many positions. And, you know, maybe Kike Hernandez in center field isn't ideal. Maybe at that point they should have had Chris Taylor in center and Kike at short. I don't know. But all in all, it worked out, and and the Dodgers played very good defense. And it reminded me, so earlier this year, defensive runs saved is a statistic that Sports Info, Sports Info Solution keeps. And basically – when somebody makes a good play, they look at run probabilities. Okay, if he doesn't make that play, what's the run the run scoring probability of this inning? And then with him making the play, how did he affect that run scoring probability? And they add it up. And so you can actually say, how many runs did this guy save? It's a little bit different than some stats where you've got you know a lot of stats. It's cumulative. And so if you get a base hit, that counts for a, a percentage of a run when you're calculating war or whatever, wins above replacement, you know, every hit you get calculates, it adds up. And so if you go 10 for 10, you know, you have, you have a really good war during that time period, even if none of the hits actually led to runs or wins because they add up and they know that overall on average, it's going to even out and that's, and that's going to work out. And war is remarkable at how well it lines up with reality. But defensive run saved is a little bit different because it's actually here is what the the actual effects of this great play were, um, and and so uh, they wrote an article. My buddy Mark Mark Simon, who he's actually been on this podcast before, uh, genius when he's talking about defense, and uh, he works at Sports Info Solutions, and he wrote an article a month or so ago about how improved the Dodgers are. On, he wrote this on August 31st, how much they've improved on defensive run save. Earlier in the season, the Dodgers were in the in the 20s, like the mid-20s on defensive run saved uh, for the first couple of months of the season. They were pretty bad. They're now third in baseball out of 30 teams in defensive run saved. They are a very, very good defensive team, and they've been even better than that the last couple of months. And Mark wrote about why. And a couple of the factors that he identified – uh, I'll, I'll just go through them. Um, if you want to, if you want to read the whole thing, I actually tweeted out a link to it a couple days ago. I'll try to remember to do that again, uh, today on Monday. So if you follow me on Twitter, I'll, I'll tweet out the link, uh, so you can read it again. Uh, Mark identifies the left side of the infield, Miguel Rojas, great defensively and has been very good. Max Muncy, who struggled a lot at the beginning of the season has been very good since, uh, since he came back from injury in late June, uh, he's been very good. And there's still plays where you're like, oh, come on, Muncie. I've mentioned before, his throws concern me. But overall, and that's why I like these things, overall, he has been very, very good at third base. That's been a big help. Mookie Betts, uh, still a very good right fielder, also plays 
second base the, these days more often the right field because every time there's a right-handed pitcher on the mound, Mookie Betts is the starting second baseman and Jason Hayward's in right field. And Mookie, as we saw on Sunday, plays excellent defense at second base. That's been huge. Miguel Vargas played a solid second base, but going from Vargas to Mookie has been a big factor in the Dodgers' overall defense going up that Mark identified. And then the outfield. I mentioned Hayward playing right field. Remember early in the season, Hayward played center field more often and J James Outman would move around. Hayward wasn't great in center field. Hayward is great in right field. It's where he's comfortable. It's where he's won multiple gold gloves. Jason Hayward is an elite defensive right fielder. So having him in right field, James Outman's improvement in center field, and David Peralta has been pretty good in left field too, uh, along with Chris Taylor. The outfield defense has been great. Uh, putting players in the right place, he mentions. You know, you can't do shifts, but they still... Like we, we saw it this weekend. There were a couple of places like they, you're like, crap, that's going to be a hit. Nope. Max Muncy is standing right there and he made the play. They're very good at it. He identifies Will Smith as a reason. His defense has been really good. And then another one that stuck out to me is the pitching. How does that play into defensive run saved? Holding runners on because stolen bases count against your defensive run saved. Just dumping Noah Syndergaard was a huge boost to the defense and everybody has been doing a better job of holding runners on. That You remember early in the season, it was like a, a epidemic that the Dodgers, nobody, everybody could run on the Dodgers. That's not the case anymore. And so that's been a big deal. And all in all, that means the Dodgers are up to third in baseball in defensive runs saved. And that has been a huge factor in their turnaround that I wanted to talk about. I've taken up probably more time than I should have. Uh, Vince is going to come along. He'll be here with you just for the last few minutes to talk about catching up on the playoff races. So thank you for letting me talk Dodgers with you. And Vince will be along in a minute. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. MLB postseason is nearing and the Sleeper app is here to help you get some money for some playoff tickets uh, because you have the chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball with the Sleeper app. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now. And you can take advantage of it uh, by choosing guys like Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna Jr., and others uh, to play well and, and, and or maybe not play well. Uh, Sleeper app works. You go in, you pick a player, you pick a stat, and then you pick more or less than the odds or number given to you. And if you hit on more than one player, if you hit on, uh, you know, up to eight players, you can win big money. So go check out the Sleeper app today. Get your pick right, and you could win big. It's very easy to use. It's right there for you. You got big payouts. There's a group chat functionality in the app that's really clutch, you know, to if you make some squad rides with your friends or whatever the case is. And they're really quick, you know, game starts in five minutes. You can get some picks done right before and get into it. So go check out the sleeper app right now and use the promo code locked on and you get up to $100 on your first deposit terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. Go check out sleeper app today. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, Vince here to close out the episode apologize for any audio uh issues not currently at home and uh forgot a couple things on the road so but we're here to close out the episode and talk not specifically about the dodgers uh as jeff already alluded to they clinched a top two seed realistically they're going to be the number two seed 
Um, they're currently three games in the loss column behind the Atlanta. They have don't have the tiebreaker, so essentially four games back, uh, and at least in the loss column. So unlikely, but hey, you never know. But you know, the Dodgers will have to play somebody else that makes the postseason, and that second team they might play has been fluctuating. The first team they might play is the the Brewers. The Brewers already clinched the, the NL Central. So Dodgers' potential first-round matchup in the NLDS would be the Brewers. They, as of right now, season ended today, they'd be playing the Cubs in that wild-card round, and the Dodgers would play the winner. But it, it's been an interesting last couple of weeks in the wild-card for the National League specifically. Uh, the Phillies have been kind of staying strong as the number four seed, the first wild card. Uh, they've got a five-game advantage in general in terms of uh, making the postseason, so they're, they're almost clinched a postseason spot, um, and they've got a, a, a big advantage uh, on Arizona for them passing in the, in the two spots. So, but like Arizona is in the two spot, you got Chicago in the three spot. And then you got Miami, who's one game behind the Cubs, one and a half games behind the Diamondbacks. You got Cincinnati, who is two and a half games behind the Cubs, three games behind Arizona. And then you have the Giants and Padres sitting in the same exact position at 77 and 79. They're both five games out of a wild card spot. They're both two games away from eliminate, or yeah, two games two results away from elimination. So a combination of Cubs wins and Padre Giant losses that add up to two will eliminate them. Uh, As we know, the Padres were on a streak. Uh, We talked about the potential of them making the postseason. It was pretty tough. And they lost an extra inning game over the weekend. That made it even tougher. Uh, You know, they still have continued to win, but it's not going to be enough. It would take a big miracle for them to make it. So as it sits right now, that's where it's at. It's Dodgers would play the Brewers or Cubs at the moment. The Braves would play Arizona or Philadelphia. And then I don't know what's going to happen last week. Uh, You know, Miami's only a game out, but they haven't been playing particularly well recently. Uh, but neither have the Cubs. And you got Cincinnati, who's had a tough series against the Pirates, lost a big uh, – they were up 8-0, I think, or 9-0, ended up losing that game. So uh, that that's one of those that kind of just puts the the, the needle in your season, in the coffin of your season uh, when you blow a big lead like that. And then – like I said, San Diego, San Francisco, on the outskirts looking in. Um, if you want to take a quick look over at the AL side, it's it was intriguing, less intriguing now after the weekend, or still intriguing, but not as much. You had the Rangers and the Astros and the Mariners all fighting for the AL West with the two that don't make the AL West fighting with the Blue Jays for two spots in the wild card. After the weekend, the Rangers uh, took it to the Mariners, and they now have a two-and-a-half game lead in the division. Uh, Toronto's now two up in the wild card. You got the Astros 
half a game up the on the Mariners for a wild card spot, and then you got the Mariners there. Um, this one's, you know, obviously there's no specific vested interest or no specific interest in the Dodgers for this. They're going to have to play one of these AL teams, you know, along with Baltimore, Tampa, Minnesota in a potential World Series if they made it. Uh, but, you know, we always have maybe a side eye on Houston. And with Houston being half a game, you know, basically a loss and a win to the Mariners and the, and the Houston's out of a playoff spot is uh, very, very, very intriguing. Um, we, it's one of those where, you know, Jeff likes to say that he doesn't care about any other team unless they're playing the Dodgers. And that may be possible for him, but, you know, if the Astros could not make the world, or not the World Series, if they could not make the playoffs, you know, I think it's a a small little joy in the world of, of Dodger fandom, even though, you know, everything that happened with why we don't like the Astros, uh, there's not that many players from that team there. But, uh, you know, it's one of those where fandom's not always rational and, if that can happen, then uh, not upset about it. So that's a look at standings. Those again, there's a whole week of games to change some of those things. Um, the National League's more specific and more in, of interest to the Dodgers because who the Brewers are, you know, might play will definitely affect their first round. Uh, you know, their first NLDS, you know, for the Dodgers because they're either going to play the Brewers or somebody else. And uh, that directly affects them. So if, with this last week, there's not much uh, on the Dodgers side other than no, staying healthy. So if you want to kind of watch some of these other races, uh, should be some good stuff coming down to the wire here in the last week. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to check us out wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure to become an everydayer by listening every single weekday. We're here for you Monday through Friday. And we're getting into last week of the season, then postseason. Hopefully, a long postseason run that we can uh, join you guys, or you guys can join us for, and uh, we can celebrate together. But either way, we're going to be here Monday through Friday for you every weekday morning, wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. Remember, SiriusXM or the SXM app can help you. If you want to listen to the Dodgers home broadcast for any regular season game, you can do so with SiriusXM or the SXM app. All you got to do is search for Dodgers. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnDodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. You can DM us. We've got a couple questions in our DMs uh, that'll be good for the off day this week, mailbag episode. So if you have more of those, feel free to send them. You can send them also via email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-LOCK. We have a weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us when you get in your car. If you're at home, touch my device, play podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.